Hey, it's Saturday, August 26th, and this is Season 2, Episode 6 of... The Slayers of Boredom Podcast! Hey, Alright, I don't have any chips today. None. I just figured I'd start off with that. Well, I thank you. That'll make Sean happy. <laughs> so what have you been up to the past month? I think it's been a month. Yeah, I guess we're at a month. It's supposed to be every three weeks, but it's at a month. That's not so bad. We've no. been way worse. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, well, you know, just working and uh, jamming and consuming entertainment. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah, me too. Working on two jobs and, well, yeah, it's been stressful. Yeah, but uh, that's the economy dude, for you. Yeah, sure. Um, Freaking, uh, there's been some awesome new music I was actually thinking about on the drive over. Um, there's a band I discovered called um, Johnny Booth, and have you heard of them? No, I'm they're not. from New York, uh, somewhere in New York. It's a huge fucking state. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I really, I'm not, I'm trying not to swear as much on this one, <laughs> um, but. So I just discovered them and was listening to some of their old stuff and it was awesome. And then they just released an album. So I guess I discovered them through some algorithm on Instagram, I'm assuming. Um, what genre? Oh, it's like, it's it's heavy stuff. It's awesome. Okay. Um, I don't know. They're definitely playing, like, I think the lowest I go is A. My one guitar is tuned. It's basically standard, but I just drop the E all the way down to A. So it's heavy as hell. And then my other one is, all my other guitars are drop C sharp. But I transpose them with two different amp plugins through Neural DSP. Did I ever tell? It's the amps that I use. Whatever. It's all over my guitar head, players know. <laughs> but I transpose them down to B. But these guys are something. I don't know if they're like G or F or something. Like I think Era or Silent Planet is like G. They play in like some kind of crazy low G tuning. But it's heavy, man. It's awesome. Their screamer is really good. Um, so these algorithms turn me on to them, whatever. And um, I was like, this is cool. And there was a couple singles from the new album and they dropped the new album. And there's a song called Full Tilt and it's just awesome. It's blowing your I've, li- I've listened to it probably f- 50 times heavy. since I discovered it. like Mastodon or like Every Time I Die? Mastodon's not even like, well, they're, it's screaming vocals and singing as well. But I mean, Mastodon's like those guys sing and they're heavy. They're just, they're riff lords, dude. You know what I mean? Like those guys just freaking shred. Okay, I love Mastodon. I'm trying to decide between yeah, them. Yeah, sure. What do they sound like? Sure. Uh, Johnny Booth is more, you know, like Norma Jean, Every Time I Die Chariot, that type kind of, of Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, like they have sick breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, they're just... I don't know. That song full tilt. It doesn't. It doesn't start out the way you think that type of genre would uh, would start. It's got like this cool little like synth thing. I'll play it for you then. All right. Excuse me. Um, we got to deal with burps though. All right. <laughs> and then <laughs> this is carbonated. And then uh, Night Versus, who's an instrumental band that I've I just I found out about them a couple years ago, but they released this new song called Arrival. So between Arrival and Full Tilt, I've just been rocking those songs. But Arrival, the guitar player from Night Versus, is just. So good. He uses all kinds of different effects and stuff, but the way he plays guitar is just blows my freaking mind. And they're a three piece. Their rhythm section's tight as hell. So bass and drums hold it down, and this other guy's just going nuts all over the place on his <laughs> pedal board. It's he's he's awesome, but he shreds too. And they have these sick ass breakdowns. Like it's just awesome. Arrival. Like that song is another one. I just that just came out recently uh, after Full Tilt, but I probably still rock that song at least like twenty times. I mean, I've listened to it probably twice a day. All week this week. So you get it, stuck on singles. Yeah, I mean, for one, um, when I'm really into it, I have other playlists too, and then I listen to other things like the news and whatnot. This is yeah. usually on my commutes because I drive a decent amount, and with this new gig I'm doing, I have training in York sometimes. Like I drive down there. Um, so it's a lot of driving, either listening to the news or, you know, those songs as part of, like, my playlist, but I circle back to them a lot, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it. But check them out, or I'll play them for you when we're done. Anybody else that's into that stuff, it's awesome. Um, yeah, we got a bunch of topics today. For uh, today, there's obviously just, I mean, it's a in no shortage each month. Yeah. There's just so much going on. There's topics everywhere. So I don't know where you're going to lead us, homie, but you are. <laughs> we're going to be. You're the smart things. one. So, uh, well, let's just go to the elephant in the room. You know, that's the Trump mug shot. <laughs> I mean, I was just salivating, waiting for it, and I'm yeah. not ashamed of, to say it. I was checking hourly. I wanted to see it as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, for anybody that's, you know, taken a mugshot for things, you know, for 
whether you consider them trivial or not, you know, compared to the law, there's lots of trivial things people get arrested for. Um, yeah, but for someone who's taken a mugshot before, you certainly want to see this asshole get his comeuppance in that regard. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I saw it. It's funny. I knew he would make a stupid face. I think the funniest thing about it is that he's selling merchandise saying that he won't surrender when clearly in order to give a mugshot, you had to have surrendered. So, I mean, I think that's funny. Yeah. Um, again, the hypocrisy is just there's <laughs> never-ending supply of that shit. Um, <laughs> so but that makes me laugh. It's a piece of history. Like, what, you know, sure. what will be in textbooks forever will it yes 100% <laughs> will it be in, in I mean maybe a, in certain parts of the country it might certainly not in Florida well yes not I guess probably I not Texas yeah that's that's what I'm saying and and that's in the previous episode like that's my where I think the culture change starts and it starts with education that's a that's a huge huge thing for me as a voter with kids right now yeah is I want universal education across the board. I want every kid in this country learning the truth about everything in our history because that's how you learn from stuff, whatever that's yeah. But anyways, back to the mugshot. Well, no, I mean... It's it, hilarious. It is. And honestly, I, I am tired of Trump. So tired. I can't believe he still leads in the polls. It doesn't make any sense to me. It has to be a cult at this point. But I'm just over it, you know? So I'm going to savor the moments like the Trump mugshot because I just know that it ate him alive. To go yeah. in there, that I know that there was twenty minutes of pure pain for him is fantastic. So yeah. that's nice, but I don't care about the pop culture aspect of it. I don't care that he's selling it on T-shirts to raise money for his campaign. I don't care that there's going to be NFTs of it soon. <laughs> I mean, know? that's it's <laughs> that whole grift. He's been doing it since day one. You know, before he was even a politician, he's a grifter, man. Yeah. So I, I just I, I hope he I hope anybody if there is anyone that listens that donates to Trump to Trump's pack. I, I don't know why you would, but I mean, you got to understand at this point, you're just paying the man's legal bills, dude. Yeah. He's self-serving as fuck. Like he, 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 the GOP has got to get over him. And I'm with you, man. I'm just, I'm so sick of this guy. Like I just want him to go away. Yeah. I really want him to go away. I want, I want the culture of him, the, the way he makes people unabashedly come out of their shells and show us who they really are. And in some cases, extremely revolting people. Yeah. Like, that that aspect of what this man has done to the country is really unnerving to me. Like people aren't afraid to to show like some really vile sides of their character when it comes to, you know, especially when it comes to sharing this country with other people who don't look like them or don't subscribe to their way of life. Yeah. And uh I just Are thought... you on were you, you <laughs> Sorry, this wonderful cat Evan was is prowling around us and he was on my i think he was pawing at my uh my headphone cord for a second which was funny but anyways like yeah i I just want i want to see this man and and the culture just the the nastiness that he's wrought upon this country i want it to go away and i want the people who helped foster and sustain that yeah to to get get what they deserve well, as far as our justice whatever our justice system can dish out to them it's interesting because i i recently started a new job and when I started, there were a plethora of people that I had to meet and get to talk to. It was my work environment, and I'm a very personable person. Mm. So I got to know each one, and the like, who I would consider sick and like lost would pepper it in just to see like what, what do you agree with, what do you don't agree, and you could feel it. You know, at least I could. I could feel it. I could be like, I see what you kind of would. Mm-hmm. You want a reaction out of that. I'm not going to give you what you expect. <laughs> this yeah. is fine. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's not hurting anything. We feel buddy. Yeah. So, uh, but it's like, if I let it go, if I give, like, I would just play with some sometimes and be Mm -hmm. like, all right, let's see how far you'll go with it. It's just heartless. You know, it's like, how could you feel this way? And like, expect me to be like, hell yeah, high five to their hurt. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Some people, and they all, I attribute it all to the Let me talk into the cat butt. (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's crazy what people will believe. And the sickening part of it is. I mean, again, like, I was, like I've always said, there's this culture that allows people's mindsets to kind of uh, to, to morph into whatever they are now. But when there's when there's triggers from different areas of their of whatever they follow on social media or the news or what politicians that, again, foster these this type of like conspiracy theory nonsense and bullshit. I mean, like. Those people got to be held accountable too. And like, I don't care about free speech. Like there are consequences of free speech. You know what I mean? 
Like, sure, you can say, essentially what it means is you can say whatever you want without having, like, the Kingsguard come, you know, the Kingsguard from England literally come and kill you for what you said, stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean there aren't going to be other consequences if what you say creates real damage. And there's just this this whole culture about that right now. Like, and people want to test the system. Like, my four-year-old wants to test me when I tell him not to do something. That's And that reminds me, it, it reminds me of that sometimes. It's, it's like, buddy, I'm asking you nicely. Like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't don't be doing that anymore. A lot of the times it's like, you're going to hurt your brother because I have a one-year-old as well. I'm like, you know, you got to know your brother's around. But he'll just test it and he'll look at me. You know what I mean? And we're yeah. dealing with, like, real adults that are just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to put this out there just to test it, just to see. And then, you know, when they get canceled or whatever, they start losing their mind. And it's like, well... You know, I'm sorry, Barbara, like you can't sit there and make racist statements in front of 10 people that are filming you on their phones and stuff like that and think yeah. that you're going to keep your job nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. phones and the Internet and people are just the self-awareness like or the lack of it, basically what I'm getting at is just yeah. that's baffling. And Trump's another one of those people, especially when like these judges are telling him, you know, like, keep your mouth shut about this stuff. Don't, you know, and the guy just, he, he just tested 24 it. hours, you know, he posted and, something. And his constituents see that and do the same thing, you know, in their personal lives on a much smaller scale. And they wonder why their life gets ruined for it. I mean, look at the man you champion. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, no, no, I'm no, already talking too much. No, hey, buddy. Ridiculous. I wanted to jump into uh, Oliver Anthony because, mm. you know, fuck Trump. We get it. He's trash, and he might be president. But yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't even want him to. I we probably should. We should touch on the did, GOP people at some point. Did we, oh, yeah. Did we talk about how him going to jail would be a benefit <clears throat> in the last one? Where because he would be in jail, um, he wouldn't have to campaign, so he'd save money. But he'd still be able to do, like, signed letters and T-shirts and all kinds of shit. No. Oh. Well, it was, it was a theory I was I had, and I think it is something that is is real, that it would make sense for him to go to jail. He's going to go to a cushy fucking jail. He's not going to go to Fulton County. They're going to go to where billionaires go. It's not yeah, I know. special and treatment, so it's not going to be something he has to worry about his life. Plus, he's going to have secret service, all that shit. Yeah, it's so, not like it's going to be rough for him, but he's definitely, I, I think, putting him in social media jail, or just, just media jail in general, like being like, you know what, you're not going to have a camera broadcasting your bull, a camera or a phone or, you know, any type of medium you can broadcast your bullshit to the world anymore. Like, I want total fucking radio silence from this motherfucker. Well, I don't care I if you put him, I don't care if you put him in a cushy prison where he can go outside and practice his golf swing. I just want radio science, silence from this freaking asshole. He is no good for this country. Yeah. He's just not. Um, but yeah, the, the dichotomy of Oliver Anthony is hilarious to me because he was recently interviewed and saying that he thinks it's funny that the GOP are using his song at, you know, like campaign events and stuff like that. And then he goes on to say that his song is about those GOP legislators, the rich men in Richmond, which in four, four out of the five Congress, Congress people, richest Congress people in um, DC. This is, you know, petty to me because they're all crooked in my, my mind, but four out of the five of them, are Republicans, the richest members of Congress. So, I mean, you have to understand the industries that kowtow to Democrats and Republicans. You know what I mean? Like, sure, there's going to be Democrats. Joe Manchin's a perfect example of, you know, I mean, he's sort of a dino, you know, the Democrats in name only or whatever. But yeah. um, regardless, it's I'm not going to get into what Ant Oliver Anthony really means in his songs. There's, there's just so much hypocrisy in it. So it's like, I just think that's funny to me because... The right is championing this guy, and then he comes out and says, like, well, I don't know why you're championing me. I'm actually talking about some of these GOP legislators. But then when you listen to his song, you know, like, he's wanting you to think that he's a champion of the people, but then he goes and denigrates people on welfare. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what, who, where, where do you stand here, man? And it's also funny to me, he says he lives off the grid, but he has a TikTok account. I don't even have a TikTok account. <laughs> he, that he, has a, he has a TikTok account and a YouTube Okay, and he's got a really nice condenser microphone out in the woods and stuff, but he lives off the grid while he's making these songs. And why why put yourself out there if you don't want to generate, you know, some sort of notoriety? And like some some dipshit rapper was like, oh, I'm going to sign him to my country label. And he like turned down eight million dollars or whatever. I mean, like, sorry, I don't like capitalism, but bro, somebody came to me and I had a song <laughs> like eight million dollars. Fucking pay me. I got kids, man. You he's know, like. <laughs> he's playing the game, I think, because it, and he's just selectively naive. He may even think, you know, that he's doing good, but 
he's not seeing the picture. You know, yeah. he wrote the song, he put the song out, now he's the center of attention, everybody's talking about him. You know, he's asked to, like, do the national anthem somewhere, and he turned down all the money and said, like, anybody should play this song for free when asked or something. <laughs> and it's like, who are you kowtowing to, you know? It's obvious. <laughs> and then you say he says he lives off the grid, but doesn't, you know, it's like, oh, that makes sense, because they're not going to check. I live off the grid. You know, he lives off the grid, honey. It's crazy. <laughs> you know? You simplified it, though, and I can't believe I didn't even think about this. Like, the man, like, like naivete is the exact, the dude is, I hate saying that word. No, it's a great word. But I I just never know if I'm saying it right because right. people say it different, but um, the man is naive as fuck. Yeah. Like, for real. It's, he's not seeing, he, he's, he's not seeing the hypocrisy and, like, and it's so funny to me because I have conversations with my friends that, like, and I don't even mind the song to begin with. I'm just gonna throw that in there. I like I, I don't like the twang, I don't really like twangy country stuff, but the guy's got some talent or whatever. And I know, I know our mutual friend Ryan was like just going hard on him because he like had a capo and stuff like that. Um, it was just going hard on it left and right. It was super funny seeing that. Um, but people do also use. He, he was like he's using it because it's makes it easier for him to play and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh my god, who fucking cares about that stuff? But it's funny because. <laughs> That seems to be Ryan. Um, people also use capos because it, it it can put them in their vocal range, the right vocal range for them as well. But it does make things a little bit easier as your frets get thinner. Um, so it's cheap on the side. He's, he's putting these songs out with ease. <laughs> I hate to hear it. <laughs> um, Evan, you're but disgusted. It really, it really was the no, it. It probably still is the number one song in America. It's crazy, and it's like. <laughs> This it's it's not like Jason Aldean level cringe, but it's oh, did you know it won another? Jason Aldean got another like world history, you know, m- making moment by the furthest drop, the fastest. Oh, <laughs> so it was like all right, so basically, you know, he got his people to people like rally behind him and played it because it pisses off the Democrats, but then they forgot about it and got upset upset about something else, and it's yep. like sorry, so sorry, Jason Aldean, people don't really care about you, and you probably don't really care about them either. That's why you ran away while they were getting shot. In front of you. <laughs> that was cold, man. But still, I mean, fuck that guy. Yeah, especially you know, and take my guns, derp a der. It's like. Bro. <laughs> Rampant gun usage and ownership is what led this man to stage different shooting points from a hotel into people watching you play music, yeah. you fucking sicko. I- expect more idiocy from his camp, because they just made a lot of money off that song. What? I'm sorry, but just idiocy and hypocrisy. Kid Rock drinking a Bud Light. Did you oh, see that? Oh my god, like, come on. But of course. It's too course. easy. Of course. Like he, he championed the uh, boycott of Bud Light over the rainbow can, right? Uh, no, it was uh, the it was the trans woman. I don't remember her name. Um, that just did like a, a I don't know, like an ad or something for Bud Light. I don't uh, remember what her name is. Uh, Dylan Mul- Mulvaney, I think is her name. But she um, she's a trans woman and. She did like an, an advertisement where she, you know, she's just like, I drink Bud Light or whatever. And like everybody lost their minds. And then Kid Rock had to have like himself and then all these people behind him with much heavier caliber weapons start firing at these cans. Cause I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have hit him from where he was standing. So, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many, there's all kinds of other rounds coming in from, I think he has like a, what looks like an, like an MP5 or something like that, which if I'm correct is like a, it's like a light. It's like a light machine gun. Like it's definitely like fully automatic, but it the, fires the point, nine millimeter. The point was he was shooting, <laughs> Sorry. He was shooting Bud Light cans uh, <laughs> to insinuate some kind of boycott of no longer drinking Bud Light. Sure. Which they act, their stock price went down. They got hit yeah. because of it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they definitely uh, did. And then there's just been recent pictures of him with Bud Light in his hand, enjoying it because he never cared to begin with. But his name was in the. Spotlight, yet yeah. again, that's all you got to do. Do something wild enough to get your name in the spotlight, and you'll get to stay. Like Evan. Evan's like, I want my name in the spotlight. Yeah. Yes. You are the star of this show, Evan. Um, <laughs> but look, I mean, there, there's no way you can go through life in this country or in any life without, without being slightly hypocritical. I mean, I sit here and I bash capitalism, but I got to live in, in this world. You know, I get stuff from Amazon. You know what I mean? I... You know, I don't. It, it, there's just if but, you don't but, have but the means, you can't fight at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure, that's that's very well said. But I mean, this is just blatant. Like, it's like me going to Amazon doesn't hurt 
anybody. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it it, it does when you really break it down if you want to. But, yeah, that's true. Small businesses. You're right. Okay, that was but, that was a stupid statement. But no, no, no. I spy. I'm not gonna lie either. You know, I use Amazon. Yeah. There's a convenience factor. I go to small businesses too. I mean, you know, yeah. like if it's a larger purchase, I will look on Amazon and then go to that company's site and sure. buy it there. You can get it for almost the same price. But I don't do it every time. Sometimes I just want that quick convenience. But but I'm not like going out of my way to condemn an entire group of people. You know what I mean? Like the trans community in like such a vi- like a weirdly violent way. And then going to go out and then use that same product that I just shot up with my gun in protest of a, a, a group of people in this country that have every right to be here. Like, it's just so sickening. It's like, that's the type of hypocrisy that disgusts me and, you know, whatever. So I know we yeah. segue from Kid Walk, from Kid Walk, from Kid <laughs> Rock when I'm on my four-year-old. Kid Walk? I don't like that ball with the boss song. Yeah, me neither, bud. Um <laughs> So yeah, but that that was that's a good transition though. If we're talking about like Oliver Anthony and Jason Aldean, and just the hypo- the blatant hypocrisy and weirdness of these people. But well, it's all for the it's all for fame and money. Like I was saying, that uh, Jason Aldean song did drop faster than any other one. But it uh, he'll have something else soon. I guarantee it. Just because they saw the the, the return, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And then they're going to want to recreate it in some regard. And then that's just what even the GOP debate. It, it, they didn't even answer questions fully. You would expect a politician to speak this way. But at the same time, you want like, all right, you're going to debate. Maybe you'll throw some of your actual policies out there. Uh, they didn't do that. They, you know, they just skirt all the questions with any meaning and try to make big gotcha moments. And to, for from what I've seen, the bright and shining moment out of the GOP debate was Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, he's the one that kind of won it. And he <laughs> said climate change is a hoax mm-hmm. on the stage. I mean, he was being overtalked when he said it, but it's clearly audible, and it's unbelievable that that's his stance. Um, and he's the he's like I would think even closer to second than DeSantis. DeSantis by the numbers, yes, but DeSantis in light is garbage. And Vivek, he's manipulative, and he knows what he's doing. He wrote a Vivek's going to get a lot of the younger yeah any of the younger people that are on the fence or are already. I don't know Republicans, if you want to say it. Like I know some, I know some younger people, some people in my family that would probably vote for that guy over Trump, but they're still, you know, Republicans. Every whatever single, that word means nowadays. Every single <laughs> other person on the stage with him, and there were eight of them up there, were seasoned politicians. Mm-hmm. He's a thirty-eight-year-old entrepreneur with no experience, but he's playing the game right. He did a podcast tour instead of campaigning. You know, he's such a jackass, though, dude. Oh, I know. He's, he's just, the worst. Yeah, I'm just sure. He's saying. just he's doing it the way Oliver Anthony would, the yeah. way Jason Aldean would. It, as long as his name is everywhere, then not many people are going to look into it. <laughs> in the in that world, you know, in the Democratic side, it's not. And that the people way. that uh, don't want to delve deep into like actual issues and stuff, it's course, like there's, again, it's called it's cult of personality. Yep. And that's that's the same thing with Trump. He's just a different version of Trump, only not. He's obviously more calculated because Trump has no calculations to anything he does. He just blurts whatever comes out of his stupid fucking, you know, whatever's generated in his brain. But Vivek, I mean, much more calculated. However, he's just, he's such an annoying human being. Like, that's <laughs> that's what I gather from it. It's like, this dude is just such a, a smarmy, pompous jackass. Oh, yeah. Can't fucking stand him. Um, I think, yeah, he might... And you know what? He'll 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 be he'll be Biden. I still stand by the fact that anybody aside from Trump, even DeSantis, however you're supposed to say his stupid freaking name, that dude. It's, Trump's the only one Biden can beat. Vivek, if that guy gets the nod, he he'll win. I, he will be our next president. You think so? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think there's enough people on the fence that like. I mean, dude, they're. they're have you ever seen uh, there? There's a large amount of people who would have voted for Bernie had he not got screwed over by the Clintons yeah. during, you know, in the Democratic primaries. They would have voted for Bernie over Trump, but voted for Trump instead. And a lot of them voted for Trump again the second time when he lost to Biden. I mean, that's so happened, it's like it's that's an interesting again, dichotomy to me. But no, they're going to vote again for Trump. Yeah, but he's not going to be the nominee. It's not going to matter. They're still going to write his name down because they're idiots. I hope I'm not taking a risk and in, in, well, it doesn't matter what I say because I I can't, I'm an independent. I can't vote in any primary, um, at least in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But um, you I, 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 I want, <laughs> no, 
Just I, do it on paper to get the vote in. But whatever, do it. Well, I mean, there's there's some states you can vote in any primaries. That's the way it should be. We should have ranked choice voting course, anyway. So no, yeah, none of that shit matters. But <laughs> but um oh no, was, yeah, I'm sorry. I I might be taking a risk by by wanting this, but I really I don't want Joe Biden to be our president, dude. The guy's eighty something years old. He's not going to relate to me. The infrastructure, the bipartisan infrastructure bill that, that he did, I think is the is the hallmark of his. Um, current administration his first term so far i want somebody better i want i want somebody to be cho- if it's going to be left and right i want the democrats to choose somebody better however having saying that having said that with fascism knocking at the door in the form of the most likely three people being those candidates and what we're saying now at least trump DeSantis, or vivek yeah um you know i'm gonna vote for biden and i might be taking a risk by saying this i i really think that I, I want Trump to run. I want him to run. I want him to get the nod. I want him to run because I think he is the only person that if I have to vote for Biden, if that's the way it's going to be, if Biden's going to be the Democratic nominee nominee against these other people, I want Trump to run against him because Trump is the only person Biden can beat. Yeah. Because Trump's going to lose to anybody. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the realistic I thought know. pattern here is that Trump is running. There's mm-hmm. no question. He doesn't get the GOP nod. He'll run independent. And then, yeah, then, then they're fucked. Because at that point, you're going to split the GOP vote. Exactly. Biden's going to win right away. That's, that's you know, you're right. Okay, that's the best outcome. I didn't even, you're right. Yeah. I didn't so think about that. It's, it's pretty much That's like the just... less riskier outcome <laughs> for uh, for Biden winning. Now, having said that, man, like, I mean, I like what, our, our governor should run. That's what I think. He probably will in four years. I mean, I'd vote he, for him. Pennsylvania's even split on that. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I love him. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know who should run. I mean, Be- I don't even like Beto. He's a centrist too. But yeah. He's enjoyable. He's like, I it, his ideals are great, but he still ca- he still caters to the uh, Wall Street. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not you're not going to get much change. But I think he's up to snuff on at least youthful votes. I mean, um, he would be the first gay president. So it like having that aspect at the top. Beto isn't Beto. No, Beto O'Rourke's the he was the senator or congressman from Texas. You're thinking about Pete Buttigieg. Thank you. And Pete Buttigieg, yeah, yeah sure you're right. Too, P- though. P- Pete Buttigieg is yeah, is a gay man. He's our um he's our secretary of uh uh transportation. Yeah. Um and dude, he's a brilliant man. He's a veteran. I mean, I don't, I don't think he saw combat, but he is a veteran. He's in the military. I'll, and I'll be honest, I was trying to talk about him and talking about Beto. Uh I like Beto. But I'm I'm more into uh, Buttigieg. That's who sure. I was thinking should run. Yeah, and Buttigieg. You know what? I would vote for Pete Buttigieg. Absolutely. As, uh, over. I mean, you know, it, it depends on. Again, I I want, I want more of a progressive press. I want some. I don't. You know, I don't even have the confidence any of this shit can get done right now. The way things are set up, you know what I mean? Because it's just you need you need majority votes for certain types of legislation, supermajority. Like the, the the way that it's set up right now, I just don't think that this is going to sound really authoritarian and since it's going to sound just like the way like what trump wants to run everything and just force like whatever legislation he wants down our throats if you become president again but there are certain things that i really think need to be addressed immediately and we don't have time to fucking vote on it and a lot of that stuff has to pertain to climate change and education like i'm sorry like telling teaching people the truth as we understand it from written history, okay, from the from all of the information we've collected from from the from the beginning stages of written history all the way back, that's enough to decipher what things were like, what things were done. You can sit there and you know for like we were saying earlier to break it down to something simple, like the the way that Washington helped gain our independence, his military journals or whatever. You can look at that, and then you look at all the slaves that he fucking owned too. Sorry, I'm dropping f bombs, but it's not like the. <laughs> We need to be able to understand both of those things. We need to study the truth, and it needs to be a universal education system. That and addressing climate change immediately are the biggest issues for me because I have children, and that impact both of those things impact them more than anything else. Yeah. But when you talk about Beto and Buttigieg, who you know probably would be more of establishment politics things the way that they are right now, catering yeah. to Wall Street and stuff like that. You're right, they probably would do that. But they could understand um, cryptocurrency. They could understand, and not that, you know, cryptocurrency is the greatest thing ever, but just understand the nuances of technology and where you got to be able to evolve that. And I think the elderly, such as Biden, can't grasp sure. more than a flip phone and stuff. And that's just the natural way of things. Bernie can still grasp it. 
I mean, even Bernie, I don't, I mean, he, mm. he would be open to listening to the experts, so I think he would be able to grasp yeah. it. He'd be, he's open to listen to youthful people, too, which is good, but yeah. I mean, Beto, but still, if you, I, I still think we need young, we need, because it's, it's crazy, AI is fucking crazy, and how fast that's evolving, you can't have somebody in there that can't fathom it, that's all, yeah. like, they're, it's just, the, even, the, it doesn't matter. We need... <laughs> We, the ideal candidate to someone to to me is somebody that is going to again not going to basically allow the billionaire class to run this country, um, not going to allow the types of you know restraints that are put on people's people's rights as just human beings and stuff like that. Like the, you have politicians on the left who, I mean, all of them champion the rights of minorities. You know what I mean? But most of them if a dollar comes in between some of that, they might skirt things a, a, and skirt things a little bit in areas where I don't think there should be any negotiating negotiation, whatever. Of course. Like, I'm sorry, if you're going to tell me that trans people can't exist or like, you know, um, gay people can't get married or some, some certain race shouldn't get certain job opportunities or housing opportunities or call or the same opportunities to get into college and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm not going to have a conversation with you. Like there's no negotiating any of that stuff. Yeah. But in some of those realms, the dollar can still, you know, wiggle its way in there and dissuade people on the left from, you know, these are like the neoliberals that are still going to be like, well, you know, wall street money, we got to keep the U S economy going and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that's fine because we are a consumerist economy and that drives the stock market more than anything else is people buying things. But it's just about when it comes down to it, like it's, it's about shared revenues. Like, I'm sorry. When you look at real labor, like the, the actual physical work, the time that people spend, like the essential workers, like that takes a lot of time and labor out of people's lives. They get paid the least. You know what I mean? The essential workers aren't the ones out there making you know, a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars, like decent money for middle class right now. Like people aren't out there making the money at those jobs that are deemed essential. Yeah, some of them are, but I mean, like teachers don't make that money. Cops don't make that money. Teachers teaching our kids, cops that are out there protecting us, firemen who, you know, and emergency personnel and first responders don't make that money. Yeah, and I'm a champion for them just as much as the right is, but the right doesn't see that these people need to earn a living wage, and they're continuing to vote for people who don't see the value in, in these essential workers. There is a teacher shortage that I was just watching a special on that was like it was focusing on Mifflin, uh, Pennsylvania, Mifflin Town, Mifflin. But and sure. how the, the guy, the like superintendent was like, I'm scared. I had to hire. We're still short. And I hired nine non-certified teachers right before the school started. Yeah. And it it's like, you know, there's three. There was two hundred and nine um, 209 million open jobs in 2019. Now there's over 330 million yeah. open jobs. That's and scary. Our, if you just think about in a culture, the educators should be, a, you would strive to be in that position. I want to be an educator, you know, because you get paid ridiculously it's well. Yeah. It's an esteem, that kind of thing. Like It wouldn't be about the money so much, but it'd be something that the society would yeah, reward you're a huge you impact on your on your your state your community yeah absolutely and, and we can't even fill the role and you know nobody even wants to be in that position and it's because we've degraded it so much there's multiple reasons yeah i mean it's the you, you can't i mean having to pay for your own school supplies for your kids not being compensated enough like even just as far as your salary goes and then being told by freaking lunatics what you can and can't teach the kids yeah. i mean like that's insane and and these are and they've so got no, these and students that, are, are that's mimicking why I'm their scared. parents. Yeah. So as we know, the world is divided. That classroom is divided yeah. by ideals. So you've got little assholes fucking, and, and the teacher has to eat it. You know what I mean? Like can't, can't correct them. Mm -hmm. Is like that little 10-year-old uh, that's just espousing the same shit his dad said at the dinner table last night is warping all these kids' minds. And I can't be like, whoa. You're completely wrong, little dude, you know? Because yeah. I don't, because I want to be able to make enough money to have a house with a dinner table for my kids. Yeah, and barely. It's like, yeah, what, so I don't, yeah, like, I, I, I don't want to lose my job that doesn't pay me anything that I'm worth. And you have to go to a lot of, you got to go to a lot of school for being a teacher, too, man. And there's certain things, like, you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be a teacher, but I got DUI, and that ruined it forever. Like, I can't ever teach in the Commonwealth because I got a DUI. There's yeah. other jobs I can get because of that, but, and, and that's fine. Like, I get it. Like, you should, you should have, you should be above reproach if you're going to be a teacher, and a lot of people aren't. I bet you could and get a job a lot, teaching at this point. Yeah, but I you know you what? Could. I mean, and I think I'd be a good teacher too, but I don't have the patience. It would have to be at least like high school or middle school. I don't have the patience to deal with like it. 
Young kids are tough. I love yeah. my kids to death, but they're it, they're tough right now, man. They are. They're a really tough age. Yeah. And I wouldn't. I mean, this is like not, neither of them are in kindergarten yet, but still, I couldn't even imagine dealing with a bunch of you know seven, eight, nine year olds either and, in like and, elementary school. And and it, again, with the behaviorism I was describing, that's where the at least when I was growing up, the teachers there was a line of respect. If not, it was a fear respect of repercussions, but there yeah. was a respect level of like when they say, "Hey." You know, you're like, oh, sorry. You know, yeah. I could, sh- I could I share anecdote gone. about, I could share anecdotes well, about kids being dicks. I mean, I was one of them sometimes too. But yeah, you're right. There was a, it was, it was when your parents are telling you the teachers are wrong and like they're the yeah. problem and college of liberals and this and that, then you no longer respect education and you think that this is a joke. So the people that want to get educated uh, can't, but be from the teacher's perspective anyway, they just have no power. They never had yeah. power to begin with. It was just respect. Our institutions are like, I mean, they're being attacked from, a lot of them are being attacked from all sides. It's like, you know, when you look at the education department, um, the justice system and stuff like that, but at least for the justice system, they're being attacked for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, sure, our justice system is really screwed up, but it's not for all the... Re- it's not because they're going after Donald Trump or whatever. Like, you know, like, yeah. it's for other reasons. Is different. I mean, God, that's a whole other podcast. But <laughs> um, institutions in this country are under attack, and that's scary, man. That's that's scary as hell. We would head into, you know, more privatized school, which is what the GOP like Charter wants. schools and stuff, yeah. And... You know, so that's you, a business at that point. So when it becomes a business, you know, you can have whatever curriculum or agenda you want. Yeah. And as we've seen in the mm. past, any uh, anything becomes privatized, it, it does really well. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be great for our education system. Um, um it's only thirty six minutes. I'm sorry. Um, we got. Tell nah. me about tell me about these Maui alarms because I don't know a lot about that. Well, it's it's not so much that. Well, yeah, it is that. So you know, in Maui, there was. a wildfire that mm-hmm. came out from uh looks like the electric companies down wires from yeah. a hurricane that was actually offshore but the winds were that great that it blew over these power lines and this thus this fire started but happened in the middle of the night ran through this uh, town called lahaina i believe hate if i'm mispronouncing that but um and destroyed it decimated it like you know bomb status everything was yeah. gone and everything was reverted to ashes people were jumping into the water because it was on the coast uh give or take and uh to, to to avoid the flames. Like, mm-hmm. legitimately, the heat was like an oven. They had to jump away from their cars who were stuck in traffic, this and that. But when it happened throughout the entire disaster of the flames really going at this area, there were no alarms. And uh, Maui has tsunami alarms that line the coast, about 80 of them. Um, and so when I read that, I was like, what? what? Like, this little Hawaiian administration... I need to I need to talk. I need to hear what yeah. you have to say about this because that sounds ridiculous. I think yeah. a lot of people just died because of your ineptitude. Sure. And then uh, the, I see a press conference with the guy that pretty much was in charge of setting off the alarms, and he's he was going an indignant off. motherfucker. And, and he was saying like, I made the decision because it, middle of the night, uh, you set off the tsunami alarm. People gather their shit and they were going to run upward, which would have been into the flames. That's how they're instructed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and. And they said, like, if you look at the web, he said, if you look at the website, it would say, you know, for a tsunami warning, give you instructions on what to do. Uh, So now I'm upset with the people being like, hey, well, you know, he has a point there. Maybe he made the right decision. It's hard in a heated moment to, to think of all aspects. But then they interviewed the people. And they were like, I think we know not to run into a fire. We'd like an alarm of some sort exactly. that something's going on. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just, it's like a no-brainer. And like when you think about it, it's like, well, yeah, like I'd still like an alarm. Because you at least could step outside and be like, what's going on? You know, and you're going to smell smoke. There's gonna I know be, there's a, a fire coming, you know. and It would have been all they did was. Or at least was, they could check the news, too. Like yeah. that's it would be, And it would be on there at that point. Well, they, like, they lost all power. And, okay. And, also, yeah. I mean, because that's what I was going to say. They, they, they did send out alerts to the uh, everyone's cell phones. Mm-hmm. But cell service was down. Sure. So they literally did nothing. Nobody had. I mean, they didn't do nothing. But as far as, you know, the victims or the people that survivors experienced was they had no they had no alerts. They had nothing yeah. from it was just kind of they started hearing screaming from neighbors. And that was how they it all began for them. Um, horrible tragedy. And uh, they're still finding they're still trying to find the missing. Um, and it's a long process because they have to identify just ashes. Yeah, they need DNA from from relatives, too. Yeah. Um, you have I, uh, a relative distant. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, actually not that distant. It's just, uh, 
my my mom's side of the family, there's, you know, between her uh, her father's uh, like you know brothers and sisters and stuff. There was a decent amount of them, and there's like a West Coast version essentially of like you know one. It's either my grandfather's, uh, probably my uncle. I don't know. Either way, one of them moved out there, started a family. Um, uh, no, I guess it would have been it would have been. It would have been my grandfather's sister, I think, because they have the Schilling last name, and that's the last name of my. Uh, that's the last name of uh, my. I guess he would be my first cousin once removed who lived in Lahaina, and he's we nobody's heard from. He's he's perished. Um, so it's my mom's first cousin, and she had met him a couple times, but again, just complete other side of the country. Like you know, there's the East Coast family, which is you know the one I'm part of, and everybody else is scattered throughout Utah and California, and he. Uh, moved to Lahaina I don't even, over 20 years ago and everybody there knew him. Like you can look up ABC, look, look up ABC Maui. Like if you Googled ABC Maui, uncle Joe, it would take you to um, several broadcasting articles about Joe Schilling. And he was my relative. Um, I had actually just recently started to connect with that side of the family. Um, his niece, Lisa, who I've probably talked to the most is, she was super close. She's really devastated. I don't know if she watched my podcast or not. I mean, she's liked me posting them sometimes or whatever. We've only ever communicated on Messenger, but she's really sweet. Um, she's really torn up about it, and it's just, it sucks, man. He was a good dude. Like, I never knew him, and everybody there loved him. They called him Uncle Joe or, or Funkle Joe. Um, he was really dependable, and he he lived in, in like, an, an elderly area, um, apartment complex or whatever, and he was able to get one of, from what I've heard, I don't know what's really been confirmed or whatever, but he was able to get one of them, um, an 84-year-old 80, woman outside into safety and then went back in to help other people. And they got trapped somehow, were able to go into his apartment for shelter, and he had texted people that they were, this is getting like deep, but they, he had texted people that they were um, trying to breathe through wet towels and stuff like that. And then, you know, eventually communication was lost and they all perished together. It was like he and three or four other uh, older people. Um, that's horrible. Yeah. And it's again, I, I, you know, it's not, I obviously I feel terrible. I didn't know the man for it to like incredibly like impact me, shock me, but I can see what it's doing to my cousin Lisa. And again, I don't know her that well either, but we've had a lot of conversations since I, you know, started connecting with that side of the family. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned his brother, Dan too. Uh, Dan Schilling was, um, he's a retired Air Force combat controller, like Special Forces, badass, like was involved in the Battle of Mogadishu, like the Black Hawk Down movie and stuff. He's the youngest of all those kids, and uh, he and Joe were pretty close, so I think he's the one that's kind of arranging everything right now. Um, but hey, to plug for Dan, at least, he's got an amazing book coming out that's being turned into a movie about uh, John Chapman, who was another Air Force combat controller. I've, I've probably mentioned this before. I don't know. I don't think I don't so. know. He was killed at Talker Gar... Talker Gar if that's how you say it, Afghanistan, um, and like it, it, early on in the war, um, he basically fought what I think ended up being a bunch of Chechen um, rebels that were, you know, just involved. There's a lot of Chechens fighting with the with Al Qaeda and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just that's going to be a movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal or however you say his name. Yeah, swear to God, dude. Oh, that's crazy. Um, the book hasn't even come out yet. No, the book's out. It's called Alone at Dawn. It's like number one seller. Yeah, it's okay. it's not hard and to what's find. What's the author's name? What's his name? His name's Dan Schilling, and he Dan is my Schilling. cousin. Um, I've had a couple conversations with him just about the book. Is I mean, he's just fascinating, dude. Those combat controllers and those PJs, the pararescue jumpers, are badass. That's crazy. Like these dudes are like. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything about what, I don't know who's the most, it depends on the person, but as far as the training goes, like it's up there with SEALs and stuff. And a lot of these guys go in ahead of time, map out terrain, call in bomb strikes. But the pararescue guys are like the guys that go in to get guys that are stranded in the middle of nowhere. And they're yeah. like, drop me in there. I don't give a shit. And they render aid. They try and get them out. They coordinate. It's just, they're amazing people. So, uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, Dan's the one that's just kind of quarterbacking all this stuff to figure out what's going on with my cousin Joe. They're having a memorial for him in Utah, which is where I think a lot of them grew up. I think they started in Utah, and then some of them went out to California and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's even even impacted people back here. I mean, I know my uncle was, you know, was closer to him than, like, my mom was. So it's yeah. impacting people, and, I'm, and I know my uncle well. I'm close to him, so it's it's crazy something that far away. But there's alarms. I mean, again, it just it speaks volumes about just a breakdown of government, especially in emergency situations. Like there's no excuse for that. 
there's there's no at the very least, if that's the only way you can you can let people know that something's going on is by some giant, super loud, blaring alarm, then by all means, so turn the freaking alarms on. Like, it blows my mind. And then, you know, I just, because of this, I uh, learned about disaster capitalism because I watched how the people were fighting the incoming situation. But, so, a lot of them um, have no homes, completely gone. And this is an area that, uh, due to like tourism, that 75% of the water that should be flowing was flowing off to these resorts and everything mm-hmm. else. So uh, they had to get like certain people to sign off on getting water re- reverted or, you know, down to them. Uh, so part- partially why the disaster was this bad is because of capitalism right out the gate. But then now that stuff's burnt, people don't have homes and don't know what they're doing next. They're being called by... Uh, you know, real like, estate like BlackRock, yeah, shit like being that, yeah. like, we'll give you a ridiculous amount of money for your plot of land, and then you can go live somewhere else. It's just disgusting. Why wouldn't you just? You have to start over anyway. You don't even want to think about it. I'll take the money and go. But what they're doing is they're buying up the land. Like it's it's disgusting, like you said. But and it's like a game plan. It's called disaster capitalism. Mm-hmm. When you take emotion out of making money, it's just like, oh, these plots of land are going to be super cheap. Because it's, these people don't even have the insurance to repayment. They don't even know when they're going to get it. Plus, uh, a lot of them were repurposed to, like, B&Bs and hotels and this and that. That goes up on September 10th. And then yeah. they don't even know where they're going to live yet. I'm sure the government's going to push, you know, uh, the date out. They'll be able to stay a lot longer, have some kind of financial aid. Mm-hmm. But uh, at this point, like, when you're getting calls from real estate companies offering you more money than you would expect, and then you could go start somewhere else, why wouldn't you take it? But... It's destroying. Lahaina was a, a a culture was a was a like a town of na- I don't yeah natives you know like, yeah people yeah the native Hawaiians I mean like, like you're not gonna tell them, like people and they they lost their entire area and now they're their area. fighting with you know uh, real estate companies to keep their land it's just not right it's Dude, ridiculous you know, you know what it is and obviously I can't sit there and say that all of these companies are run by white people colonial white people, whatever, but it's, 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 it's new. It's modern colonialism. That's what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like, but see back in the day, like the, the evil there, like you were saying a, a huge part of why, if I'm gathering what you're saying of why they didn't have enough water to fight these fires is because it was being diverted to, you know, tourist regions that generate capital mm-hmm. for the Island. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's what they need to, I mean, I don't know how much they need to rely on that just to keep their way of life and stuff too, you know, whatever, but, um, they're just relying on that industry. Maybe a lot of those people in Lahaina maybe worked at those places too, you know, if that's all the industry was, but regardless of that, yeah, capitalism diverted a resources, a resource that was needed to fight a nat- to fight a natural disaster. And as a result, so you can kind of look at that as like, you know, equate that to colonials back in the day coming in and burning down land and stealing it from natives only it's just like the evil capitalism i don't know, actually shouldn't say air quotes yeah um that the capitalism is coming in just is part of the reason why it got destroyed and then the colonials are coming in and sweeping the land away from the natives anyways you know what i yeah. mean like it's the dominoes get set up and they just wait for them to get knocked yeah. down and once back it in happens, the day it's boom, the same thing you go. you go in there and just you know, yeah, destroy the land and steal it. And I, there were plantation owners back in the day, and they they did exactly that. Sure, they would the the native farm that was just running perfectly fine. The plantation needed more water and could just divert it, sure. and they would divert it to themselves, and so that farm wouldn't be able to produce. And then that farmer would end up working on the plantation and mm-hmm. stole its water, and that's why the kingdom the plantation of just absorbs that land. We apologized for it yeah. <laughs> at this point. Uh, it's defined, and yet. Nothing, you know, again, we're doing it for these tourist locations and, and, you know, the, the town is destroyed all because of greed. It's up there with war profiteering, man. Like you just, you're taking something horrible going on and you're trying to make money off of it. And like, talk about fucking, is it too soon? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's never the right time, but this is way too soon. You fucking assholes. These people don't have, (laughs) they don't have a place to live right now. And like I said, these natives, those are what I feel for the most. Like I'm not, anybody that moved there has been living there for a long time. Like sure, you call Hawaii home, but people who's like generation after generation, you don't know how much culture, how many years, how many, probably hundreds of years of stuff was destroyed. Yeah. And then you want to sweep in there not even a month after this happened and ask these people for their land fuck you a land grab like sorry 
I, that's of course it's fuck you. Yeah. It's disgusting. I just mean because I'm I've been saying too many f bombs. Oh no, <laughs> um, but it's ridiculous. And you know, I learned that, that it happened in um, with Katrina too. You know, the to profit, they destroyed the wetlands and uh, the Army Corps of Engineers created some like path for water to go that mm-hmm. once the levee which in the 90s we were telling them the levees are bad you know they're gonna give at some point instead of fixing them they made they just made it weaker and worked on the oil industry and this and that um the army corps of engineers mm-hmm. did anyway and thus when the levees broke and it all went down that was predictable that was foreseen and for profit we decided to be put our blinders on then once it went down you know, ca- capitalism, disaster capitalism, swooped in and bought large swaths of these areas. Yeah, in combination with a really horrible FEMA response. Yeah, and you know, I haven't looked into how much of how much they've been doing for Maui right now. I mean, I'm seeing both sides just being like, "Oh, they're doing great." You know, the Biden administration is doing awesome. The other side's like, "Look, they don't even care about people in Hawaii." It's just the same old bullshit. But I haven't de- I haven't delved into it to really see like when FEMA got boots on the ground and how much money is being allocated and what they're doing right now, but. Katrina was just horrible. It was disgusting. Yeah, FEMA. I mean, the. Uh, I'm just saying, totally again, dominoes set up. Once they fall, you swoop in, you make even. Oh yeah, more that, money. I'm just saying that's and just like the combo. Like your government, like let you pe- let so many people there lose their homes and die, and then, yeah. like you were saying, disaster capitalism swoops in. It's just like the one-two punch of like. Just, Did you know about the snipers in Katrina? What the the neo-Nazi snipers? No. They pretty much like deputized everyone, and, and I know there was a lot of like law corruption. Yeah, shot, I know there was like, a lot of that going black, on. It was like, you know, these white supremacists, neo Nazis, were out in the streets with their guns, with full carte blanche to kill. Wow. They were worried about like going outside, and they were getting sniped. It was part of everything else they were trying to survive. Like, you don't want to go outside due to the snipers during the day. I'm definitely gonna look at it. That's fucked up. Yeah. Wow. But. Uh, well, I mean, we're getting close to an hour. We should probably, I mean, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I know I talked really. a lot again. There's should we gonna go? <laughs> should we go to Prigozhin? Because, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's pretty cut and dry, but we could. I, I mean, mean, it's just, it's fun to talk about. I mean, like, there are real Bond villains out there, people. And Prigozhin's one of them. And Putin's just a different variety. But, like, we're just, like, it's amazing, like, it's like Putin just he doesn't hide anything like people in wheelchairs have somehow wheeled themselves out of hospital windows in Russia like enemies of Putin <laughs> yeah. and it's just like I didn't do it I had nothing to do with it yeah. like it's so obvious that like the man can just blatantly lie and like it seems like nobody cares or they're too scared to but like I I understand that Prigozhin had well let's back uh, up just a little bit here so oh yeah people uh, might not know well you should if you've been watching our cast because we covered the Wagner group way <laughs> back in season one but um, Prigozhin was Putin's chef, uh, essentially, and then he started this this militia, you know, of uh, Mer- a mercenary, a mercenary group, group. and um, outfit, whatever. And it, what we talked about more in depth was the difference of paying a soldier compared to a mercenary, and why they wouldn't want to go under the mercenary wing. Um, so Prigozhin was able to build. Uh, to amass essentially an army. You mean why they would want to go on the mercenary? Right? Yeah, yeah, because you're get, getting paid. Th- think Blackwater on the the American scale. Private contractors. They're basically hired mercenaries. Yeah, they're paid way more. Absolutely. than a soldier is, and they have and way they, more freedoms. They operate in different. Yeah, much um uh, the the gray area of war. Yeah. Yes. Um. So you can imagine, Prigozhin is able to get the uh, worst of the worst, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has an army of them. Uh, he uses them in Africa mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of the coups going on down there and regime changes. But uh, Mineral harvesting, stuff like that. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll never see the Wagner group doing charitable work. You're going to see it in the worst <laughs> areas. And Prigozhin is the ultimate leader of this. And him and uh, um, Putin were doing working in tandem to attack Ukraine. Sure. Um, but there were, I guess, Prigozhin saw... Putin, as his soldiers being inept, and wanted to uh, mutiny about three weeks ago. So he did a very vocal, and they got as far as, like, Moscow marching. Yeah, a little outside of it. And then they they turned around because of some negotiation between the Belarusian president and Putin, who the president from Belarus said that he would harbor Prigozhin and whatever. But we, we knew at that point, it was just like, as soon as I heard about that march on Moscow, I was like, Evgeny? You're done. 
<laughs> no, I was you better succeed oh, okay, or you're okay. done. And when I heard that he turned around and retreated, I was just like, you're still done. Yeah. <laughs> like no this way. isn't going to be like America is going to come after you and take you and put you in trial. Like you're done. Yeah. And so it was only a matter of time. And Wagner Group, a, a lot of why Prigozhin was upset and he didn't look this up if you want. He did a really morbid video. He was in some field. Um, in Ukraine, he, of, you know, like some, we're in a Russian entrenched position or whatever, but like, it was a field of just dead Wagner, 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 whatever soldiers just lined up. And I mean, I'm not talking about covered just like openly there just, and he just did this grim video basically calling out like the, uh, whatever the minister of war defense in Russia or whatever. And I don't know that he mentioned Putin then, but at another time he did, um, and it was just, it was a brutal, gruesome video. And it's just like, Prigozhin was pissed because I think, I think his, his soldiers were being utilized in a way that he didn't see fit and were probably just more, I think more he, or less they were hit lambs to the, like lambs to the soul. Yeah. Lambs to the slaughter. And also, yeah, they were, they, there's tons of, uh, uh, friendly fire going on in the Russian squad. Dude, it's, it's, it's chaos. Their army is just depleted and it sucks, but Either way, the second Prigozhin was like, screw this, and started marching on, marching on Moscow. It was just only a matter of time. And it appears from the sources out there, whatever information they're going to be able to gather, which is not going to be much, we are never going to truly know what happened. It's being investigated by Russia. Yeah, <laughs> but it appears from outside professionals and sources. That, you know, I mean, they do, there are certain elements of our intelligence community that can get some information on it, but they're basically saying there doesn't appear to be a missile strike, that it was some sort of explosive that was planted on the airplane. Yeah. So I, I think I, I just, I don't know how to me, Prigozhin's a billionaire too. This man's an oligarch. Okay. And he's oh, in, yeah. he's in deep with why I think this is bad for Putin is because I think Prigozhin again was, he was running the Wagner group. He was quarterbacking it. He was successful and he was making a lot of, dangerous and brutal people in Russia, mainly Russian oligarchs and mobsters, a lot of money. Yeah. And now that Putin just, he just uh, had a decree signing, or he had some decree saying that every mercenary in the country, I think he was like trying to keep it vague, but that means obviously Wagner soldiers has to sign, um, you know, like a letter of, of loyalty to the Kremlin or whatever. They're recruiting him in. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, this obviously... This was Putin's plan, but I think it's going... I, I personally believe Putin's going to be dead in the next year. Somebody is going to take this man out because he is already... Like, we were talking about this in private before. Like, I think we were talking about what we were going to talk talk about today. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and we were, you were saying, like... I mean, the Russian economy's tanked. Mm -hmm. The ruble is more shit. It wasn't worth much to begin with, but, I mean, it is... It is tanked, and there's going to be these oligarchs who are used to getting their money by any means necessary in a pretty lawless country that I think are going to be sick of the way things are going. So I would just be surprised if all of the mercenaries would be fine with being soldiers of the Russian state, you know? Yeah. They're going to sign it to protect their, but how much? they're not getting that money. That's anymore. what I mean. So I feel like, like who's going to pay me. <laughs> yeah. But there, it was the two top brass of the, Wagner yeah, that's right. In that plane. Right. So they really lost supposedly the leaders. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where it all goes. I don't think Putin's going to get taken out. I Why not? Why don't rich. you think he's too, oh, too rich? Well, just like he has so much power. What he just did to Prigozhin is a nail in another, like of the coffin of trying to come up against him. Yeah. You know, what's uh, Navalny? Uh, he just spoke out against him and was running a shitty yeah. campaign against him. Oh, there's he just got three more years. There's journalists. There's political enemies. Yeah, Putin's <laughs> taken out all kinds of people. I just it seems. I mean, Putin's clever. Don't get me wrong. He's. I mean, he's KG. He's KGB trained, like Spetsnaz, all that stuff. Like he's he's a clever, crafty, violent, and brutal individual. Prigozhin isn't really that much different. I don't know that Prigozhin was ever KGB, but the man's a brutal brutal human being and calculating. And I don't, I just, I know that he had a fleet of two planes. I know that he was listed on the, on the passenger manifest of the plane that went down. I just, it seems careless. Like the one and two of Wagner in the same plane, you know, when you know that like, there's a, there's gotta be a hit out against you. And he was, he was going to like the headquarters of Wagner or leaving from there or whatever. So like I said, some business going on with that. But I'm also, I mean, there's also a lot of chatter about what, what they call compromise or whatever. I think it's a Russian word about the, 
what Prigozhin has on Putin. I mean, he's got, not that it's going to surprise anybody, but hard, tangible evidence that might sort of start swaying the right parties to being like, all right, maybe this guy's got to go. I mean, you just got to wonder, like, is it, I, it blows my mind in this day and age, in the internet age, like a whole country, like is everybody, are, are they that brainwashed? Or, I mean, like, it, I, just, states, I want Russian people to just be like... sponsored television. Yeah. They, they literally have Fox yeah, News all yeah. day, every day. And we know what they did to half of our nation with freedom. Yeah, you're right. The rest, Fuck, man. So they're just a bunch of, like, you know, Russian maggots. You know, they don't... They're going to follow whatever they say. And when the guy comes out on, you know, on their TV with a big placard saying, like, this isn't real, global warming's real, and shit like that, that's a kooky person that just doesn't understand what's going on in the world. To them. Because they don't see it. They don't get to... What about... I mean, aren't there enough dead Russians coming home or never, never coming home again left on the Ukrainian battlefield for for any any mother? Like, I mean, my... A mother's love is, like, the most... In my opinion, the most powerful thing in the world. Just I know that sounds weird, but from, like, an emotional, like, really human raw standpoint, like, that is just, like... Yeah. It's, it's so powerful. To lose a son in some war orchestrated, like, I know you might be brainwashed by the state TV and stuff like that, but, like, she, can't they tell that they're losing? He was like, given to the motherland, you know? it's got You gotta think, they're, they're yeah, so Yeah, you're right, level. you're right. Maybe I'm just not, I'm I'm not giving they're it sad, the, don't get me wrong, the thought process that I need to. They don't think, like, wait a minute, there's so much corruption instantly. They're just gonna be like, the motherland takes, the motherland gives, you know, who knows? But they're living in that land of... Fantasy. I guarantee it. How could you when your dictator is being, you know, charged with war crimes left and right and you still support, you know, here's another example of at least being able to see good things about America. I'm not I don't hate this country. You know what I mean? I the fact that I can have that we can have these conversations is amazing. Yeah. And nobody can come do anything to it. I mean, they might try. Somebody might get mad. You might get some street justice or like a politician might get pissed at you. But, you know, we can we can say this and I'm not going to have to worry about someone coming to murder me. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I mean, again, it's minuscule chance of that happening, but not from the government, at least not from yeah. a state sponsored well, we, we program be arrested for our. Opinions. Yeah. And, and like that's, you know, I just wanted to say that there, but it just it. It, it, it scares me, dude. And you know, real quick, I know we should stop soon, but you know, you know, Brick, right? Brazil, yeah, bricks, uh, bricks. Um, so you've been following that. How all those other countries, big oil countries, just joined that organization. That is going to continue to weaken. I'm not saying I, I want Western influence, but that's going to weaken our dollar even more. Like there, the rest of the world. I think America needs to be prepared for the rest of the world wanting to kind of force us into being a much smaller player. Or an isolationist country to the point which we can never be like that. We're so dependent upon other parts of the world, you know, manufacturing our products and stuff like that, ex- imports, exports, and whatnot. But they want to put us on the back burner. And I'm not saying that, like, the way, I mean, we have Western influence all over the world. I am not, you know, the sun shall never set on the British Empire. Like, this, the sun doesn't seem to set on the American Empire either. Like, I think it's bullshit. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't have naval bases everywhere protecting our interests because it's really just protecting money and capitalism for a small amount of people. Yeah. But at the same time, it is, it is a little alarming to see the rest of the, of the rest of the world now starting to kind of come together, especially from a, from an economic standpoint. You know what that'll lead to militarily as well, because they're going to protect their interests. Yeah, there are going to be some rough days ahead for us on the international stand for us in an international standing is what I'm basically getting at with all these countries coming to BRICS now. Like that's that's kind of alarming to me, and I think people need to be prepared for that. And I guarantee you, our government is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, any. Ugh. Yeah, BRICS is is somewhat scary. I just don't have confidence in uh that many egos working well together um i feel like they're going to a lot of corrupt individuals too yeah i mean anything xi jinping gets involved in so that it'll take a lot longer but i feel like where you're talking about us falling off that grand stage of being the empire it once was it's it's the education it's that's it once you stop being respected when we elected donald trump you know, he was laughed on the world stage when he mm-hmm. said, we've done more in this administration than any previous president. And he was not like speaking to the UN. They all laughed at him. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I didn't expect that. Like they don't, it's a joke to them. You know, this is our real life. We have to deal with him like an actual candidate, but not in the, the real world doesn't even acknowledge him. And, you know, you have 
that's to me that's where like the we're gonna fall behind is because if we're this divided if trump has 91 counts against him for indictments and he's leading in the polls then we're dumb country and we shouldn't be respected. <laughs> so we're going to sure, fall yeah, behind. I'm 100% like, what's your with opinion? You. It doesn't matter. You support Donald Trump. And you don't understand finance anything. So, you know, it's uh, I, that's why I think we're going to fall behind. I don't think it's going to be so much the dollar's value. I just think our influence of being a leader. Well, the dollar's value is already, it's already crumbled to be. I mean, that's why crypto is doing so well. And I think, I don't know, that's crypto still weird to me. But, I mean, the value of the dollar... I'm concerned about the central bank trying to regulate all of that eventually, but and and they're gonna try. Yeah, sure. Um, I just, you're right. I God, Donald Trump set us back far, man. He really did, and <laughs> and I don't. It it still it still upsets me. I don't. I, I will never understand. It's gonna be the most baffling thing probably in my lifetime. I mean, I don't know what's ahead. It seems like a lot of crazier shit can come come to fruition, but I will. As far as like the human condition to to somehow be manipulated enough to, to believe anything that man says, like it just I, I will never understand it. I just won't. And what hurts me about it is the fact that I think a lot of people do it just because they want to upset somebody else or they want to just like it's for like it's for like a vile like. Um, just like it's fun to them. Like this is just, it's fun and to, to make somebody feel, yeah. you know, to get Politics somebody so riled up and angry. Politics is boring and understanding nuances yeah. and that is, is not fun to think about, you know, for some, for most. So it's a lot easier just to pick a strong end and be like, nah, I support Donald Trump. I think he's doing anything great. Yeah. Like, if you even know, like, nah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Why? You getting mad? You getting mad? You know, yeah. it's like, well, there you go. Now you don't stop. You're going to cry a little anymore. snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but. Yeah, I know. It's again, but it's like, not I, change. but it, it also it drives me nuts. How they're like, oh, I'm like a patriot too. Like, you can't associate the word patriot with Donald Trump at all, man. You just can't. Like, I don't understand how <laughs> he's the most self-serving piece of shit on the planet, dude. I mean, that's not true. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just that in, in this country, it's on that stage. I mean, yeah, sure, he's obviously the most self-serving politician. Yeah, how I've ever seen so in my life, and not be noticed as. I don't know. I don't get it. That's why I think it's a cult. I think it's something because yeah. I can't imagine why people do what they do when they're in cults. And, you know, yeah. so now it's just a, it's, and they, that you need deprogramming for that. It's not just like, hey, you're not thinking straight. It's like you need some help. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. shit, man. It's been real. Yeah. <laughs> this is still a good one. Yeah. I don't think it's the longest, so that's good. But we're going to peace out. And I play it at the end, right? Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Is anyone still left? Does anyone care? Yes, about- I do. I'm at least that one. This has been episode six of but season two of, of what we call The Cut Slayers of Boredom Podcast. You can do it. Peace. That's it.